0: Hey guys, Um, welcome to the second episode of Patriots vs. Globalists. I'm your host. And today I wanted to just do something a little different. I wanted to discuss um, a favorite topic in one of my personal heroes, Um, our beautiful 45th and hopefully should have been the 46th and hopefully the 47th president of the United States. And Basically, there's so many great things you could talk about with Donald Trump, but today I wanted to talk about a something huge that I think doesn't get um praised enough, and that is President Trump's foreign policy. So I want to go I'm going to go into, go into what made him what made his foreign policy, if not the best since Ray, the best since Reagan, if not the best of all time. So you have to start from the very, 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 very beginning. About in nineteen oh one, when President Theodore Roosevelt, the good, the good Roosevelt, not FDR, um, another fantastic president on his own. He there, there was a famous saying that was attributed to him. And that speak softly and carry a big stick. It was an old African proverb that Roosevelt loved. Basically what that means is, be strong and don't initiate war. But if you have to, you strike. And no president in, in my lifetime, um, if not since Ronald Reagan, possibly even um, succeeding Reagan, has, has lived up to that statement so well. Now, you have to start from the very, very beginning. Um, in 2017, when Trump was elected, he promptly um, finished eliminating ISIS. One of the few good things of, as much as I hate him, Barack Obama's presidency. He, turned, he burnt them to a fucking crisp, and it was beautiful. The second thing he did, which was huge, is he renegotiated um, NATO. Because, as you know, it's the the Western-slash-global superpower power of the United States, Britain, um, Germany, and those countries. It's all part of the globalist order. And he basically told them, um, why should we be the leaders while well, you sit around and do absolutely nothing? So he made them pay their fair shares and he made them actually contribute a solid amount for common defense. Another beautiful move. Now, leftists will, will scream and, and, and yell at you all the time when you bring this up but not only did he build nearly 500 miles of top of the line beautiful strong 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 border wall it was like it was exactly to um ICE's recommend ICE's and border patrol's recommendations he basically gave those brave men and women, what they wanted so they could do the job. Um, and, and leftists will say, oh, Mexico didn't pay for it. Well, actually, if, if maybe not directly, but President Trump spoke to President Obrador of Mexico and had maybe, I think it was 50,000 soldiers on the Mexican border acting as um, sovereignty defense and, and watching it, he also initiated the the migrant the MPP, also known as um, uh, the Remain in Mexico policy. Um, another great policy that kind of diverted from catch and release, meaning um, legal immigrants are given um, are, are given a notice and then usually just disappear into the country. Um, what this did is it kept. It kept illegal migrants in Mexico um, until their refugee status until their refugee statuses were approved or disapproved. Um, and this border was fantastic. I, I, I might talk about the, going to the border in great detail in a second episode because um, before people say, "Oh, he only made whatever, whatever certain amount of border wall," but what people don't realize is before that there were basically fucking cattle fences that w- that wouldn't stop. That that wouldn't stop a donkey getting through. Not not to mention hordes of me- Mexican illegals. Um, there was there was cattle wire. There was like World War- Normandy bollards. It was just a bunch of rusted fucking garbage, and he built a high tech beautiful. Um, paradigm of national security. It was his number one campaign promise and, as usual, President Trump delivered. But the biggest thing in his foreign policy is how he de- dealt with our adversaries. Um, making that... St- they People feared Trump unlike they fear... Unlike how they ridiculed the weakness of Barack Obama, the stupidity of George W. Bush, and the retardedness of um, Sleepy Joe. The pe- nations knew that if they screwed up, they were gonna get fucking rocked. Nobody wants a nuclear war. Even all these crazy Islamic countries, even North Korea, nobody wants a nuclear war. People will try to subvert. People will try to spy. People will try to make moves. But nobody, nobody, nobody wants a nuclear war. And especially, they knew that if they did anything, if they stepped out of line, Donald J. Trump would would fire that shot. May not be a may not be nuclear, but it would have been a Moab. It would have been a drone strike. He would he would have done something drastic. Um, so when when Donald Trump was the first man to step first president to step into North Korea to speak with King Kim jong-un, it was it was a, it was an absolutely fantastic, beautiful moment. No other president had ever done that. The closest Obama ever got was uh, like a thousand yards away with armed guards and a binoc- with binoculars in some South Korean bunker the balls, the cojones, the, the gumption that he had to show the world that we're not afraid of you, to show the world that we're here to play. And even though there were no normalization packs about it, I believe that Kim respected Trump enough and feared him enough to know that if he made any wrong move, there would be problems. In fact, um, before he was elected, Obama said that North Korea was the biggest fear that the next administration would have to face, and Trump dealt with it handily. He stepped in there, he stepped over the border, it was just him. He had guards with him, and he probably was wearing a uh, Kevlar, but wasn't in a truck, it was the man himself, asserting dominance and, and asserting American power. and. I still remember where I was when he did it, and it was absolutely beautiful. It made me very proud to be an American. It was historic it was it was mind blowing and he should have won a Nobel Peace Prize for that. People don't realize how oppressive and how like remote North Korea is um, The gravity of that moment is often understated, but it was huge it was I think it was the biggest thing in foreign policy history, an American president stepping into North Korea. It was, it was absolutely fucking incredible. The next country he, he managed what was Russia, as of right now, Sleepy Joe and the globalists are trying to. Um, Trying to 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 uh, cause a war with Russia and Ukraine under President Trump, that never would have happened at all. You see, despite the left, the, the leftist media and the corrupt Democrats, with their Russia, 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 as Trump used to like to say, and the bullshit impeachment. Um, if you actually look at the record between Trump and Russia. He he gave Vladimir Putin um hell of a lot of problems. The first thing he did was block the Nord Stream p- pipeline um which would have enabled Russia to get oil uh, oil through Europe. He also gave Ukraine a lot of troops in case of a Russian strike. Now the thing is is unlike now with the weakness, the wokeness the garbage administration that that we're fucking dealing with today. There was that fear. There was that... There there was that... realization that Trump is a crazy man. Trump doesn't fucking play around. Trump Trump is a boss. If if we don't comply, there might be problems. They, They respected him as a leader. And they they viewed him as a legitimate threat, unlike the Democratic, globalist, O'Biden, Obama, Clinton, sexist shit, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Next thing he did, obviously, was China. He recognized China as our biggest geopolitical threat, while the Democrats have a lot of money in China. Mitch McConnell's wife is from China and has Chinese holdings. Countless Democrats, and even some Republicans, not ones we like, but more rhino types, have intelligence, money, um, all these corrupt things in China. Um, The Chinese swamp is extraordinarily deep. And President Trump saw that and began to put tariffs on them to punish them. Had he stayed in office, as he should have, I believe that China would have... Would we have gone to war with China? No. But we would have continued to be out of the World Health Organization due due to the COVID crisis. We would have sanctioned them. We would have put put maximum pressure on them Um, and his tariffs basically were to make American farmers and American manufacturers relevant again for too long the American public has um, outsourced to China which has hurt the heartlands of America such fantastic manufacturing cities such as Detroit Um, well as you know as many of you know there's a certain uh Darker problem in Detroit <laughs> and Flint, Michigan, and it's um, another one. What's another city? A good manufacturing city. Um, Kenosha, Kansas. Oh, actually, fuck. Kenosha, Wisconsin, I mean. Um, a lot of the Rust Belt cities. Um, some of them are kind of small, some of them aren't really famous anymore. Um, A lot of places in Illinois and Ohio and places like that. I'm not a big... I'm not great with state geography, but that's not the point. The point is, is he brought manufacturing back so we wouldn't buy their shit. So we could revitalize the heartland and the homeland. That used to be our... One of our greatest pride, especially in the 1970s with... um, Detroit making automobiles and other and other cities manufacturing and he longed for the day those days and many of us did and by maximum pressure he optimized he optimized he optimized the ability to make that happen and it's true GE had factories come back various companies had factories coming back and as someone who is always, always always supportive of America First. I was so thrilled and so happy to see that happen. But in my mind, in my personal opinion, um, there there were other things with uh, Canada, the the USMCA um, open trade with um, Canada and Mexico, replaced NAFTA, which was a terrible deal, as many of you know. The biggest thing is, um, and I know some of you aren't going to like this, because I know how some of you think. I know some of you are, some of you falsely equate Israel with the globalists. Now, that that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother episode that I'm going to get into at one point. Um, again they the, the important distinction that people need to realize is is that the left and the globalist Soros and George Soros included they hate israel they hate israel 's independence and yes, there has been some things recently with Mossad that i haven 't been happy about, but that being said, they are our greatest ally and Leftist Jews in America hate Israel. The Frankfurt School of Marxist Jews in the 1910s, the the Howard Zinn, all these pieces of shit, these Marxist pieces of shit. They wouldn't have supported Israel. And they didn't. Fucking Marx himself hated Jews. Um, Israel was at its best, and especially under the Netanyahu era, even though I was unhappy with Netanyahu, and I know Trump was too towards the end, but it was what we wanted. It was a nationalistic country that protected its interests just as its own. It, just as its own, it was a standing beacon of freedom in a sea of violent and d- disgusting Muslim countries: Syria, uh, Lebanon, Jordan and of course, um, Palestine. Well, Palestine doesn't really exist. Whatever whatever the leftists call Palestine. Again, that's something I might talk about in another episode. One, Trump stopped giving aid to the PLO. The PLO is the pa- Palestinian Liber- Liberation Organization. They gave that money to the PLO and the PLO. What do you, th- what do you, what do you think a bunch of radical Islamists are going to do with money? <laughs> Use it to make bombs and attack Israel. Back to Donald Trump, what he did was the Abraham Accords, and I know a lot of you guys don't like Kushner um, for some things for a good reason. However, by getting Islamic countries, such as Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Morocco, and a few others, to acknowledge Israel and start doing trade with Israel. Trump played a fantastic hand. He played the full house. He realized something. One, let's make Saudi Arabia a friend. And two, Let's turn these Muslims against each other. Now, what I mean by that is this. Um, there's, there's, as many of you know, there's two, there's two distinct groups of Islamic countries of the Middle East. There's the war-torn fucking shitholes, ISIS-based shitholes. And then there's the oil Muslims, your, Qatar, your Qatars, your Saudi Arabias, um, your United Arab Emirates. Emirates so he basically said you know and those oil things they may be Muslim but they care more about profit basically than they do um, stupid terroristic acts so he, he put the capitalist countries of Israel and Saudi Arabia and the other two combined together as a bastion against the radical Islamic terrorism in the area and it's opened up count- countless opportunities. They opened a synagogue in Saudi Arabia travel is now permitted trade is now permitted um, which which is all fantastic. Jews are able to now go in go from those countries um, The magnitude of this has been. Remarkable. No Islamic country ever, besides Egypt, um, in the 70s, and even then, that was a stretch. No Islamic country really would ever, 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 ever be aligned with Israel. But Trump did it. Trump did it. President Trump's foreign policy successes were fantastic. He would have made Theodore Roosevelt proud. He would have made Ronald Reagan proud. And the loss that we're experiencing because of the Democrats not playing fair over a year ago is horrendous. What we're going through as a nation is is absolutely horrendous. Between the wokeism, the Afghanistan pullout by Joe Biden, it's been miserable. I want all of you to know that Trump won. (laughs) And don't let the globalists win. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.